Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Promised Land, the show about Manchester United and part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. I'm Scott Salunders, joined by Rob Blanchett. After Manchester United... Should we do we say smash Chelsea, Rob? Well, the uh, XG would suggest that second highest XG in the Premier League this season. The, the penalty that Bruno Fernandes missed probably does help uh, in that sense. Uh, but a much better performance, Rob. What we talked about on the last show was a lack of desire, a lack of uh, aptitude, a lack of attitude, and they lost at Newcastle in a pathetic fashion, really. But uh, Back at Old Trafford for the Chelsea game, some rotation from Eric Ten Hag, as he likes to say, or is it dropping uh, players that needed to get dropped from the first team? We'll talk about that on the show today. But a, a good performance, Robin, and deserved win. Very much so. You know, uh, you can only beat what's in front of you. You know, and I know that's a kind of football cliche, but Manchester United have struggled, haven't they, this season with teams that are in front of them and doing the right things. I think it was key, obviously, yesterday, Scott, with that game, is that Eric Ten Hag tweaked what he put out there in terms of the selection. We saw, obviously, who was dropped, which we'll talk about as well today. But I think the 11 that he put out there, Scott, overall did the work. That's what you want. You want them to go out there, take the opponent on, take the tactics, use the formation to your advantage, and go out and try and create opportunities. And that XG there, as you said, Scott, second highest of any team in the Premier League this season. That's what Eric Ten Hag will be telling his team today and tomorrow. He'll be saying, look at that. It works. You can do this. Now go do it again against Bournemouth. It should note the XG in that that, that is top of the league uh, this season was gotten against nine men. Uh, so that was Chelsea exactly. at Tottenham. And that was one of the weirdest games I think most of us have ever really seen. But if you're listening on an audio platform, uh, we are recording this one live on YouTube. Uh, so if you are listening on YouTube, get involved in the chat, in the comments. We will try and read out as many as we can. Soggy says, finally, a decent Amrabat performance. Uh, he was good last night. We'll talk about that. He was good. Uh, Con says, can we laugh for a, a minute at one, Chelsea spending a billion for nothing, and two, how bang average, how our bang average midfield dominated their two 100 million plus players. Just goes to show you don't really have to spend 100 million plus on players all the time, and it might make it a little bit more difficult for me uh, to you know, build a team. Uh, but Scott McTominay, Academy product, scoring twice. Amrabat on loan did pretty well in there. I think Bruno Fernandes played pretty well as well, despite the missed penalty, which we'll talk about maybe. Uh, Dave Parry says, typically the only game I missed this season and we were good. <laughs> um, Kenneth says, how do you explain Ten Hag's continuous playing of Scott and not Amrabat and Kobe pivot? I think there's rotation. I think rotation has to happen. Mm. Uh, and I think Amrabat coming in was... I think we would like to see Amrabat and, and Kobe play together, but you see what Scott McTominay brings to the team. And I think Ten Hag said after the game that the team are working on trying to build around or stop the, the gaps appearing behind McTominay when he does go forward and gets into those positions if things don't come off. So mm. it's a, 
it is tweaks. It, they, tweaks have got to be made, this kind of thing. And it, you, it's a long season as well. You play games every three, four days. And you have a big squad there. I know there's loads of injuries, but you do have a big squad to utilise. So I think Tenag is trying his best to manage that. And uh, let me just get through the plugs first, Rob, before we move on, if I can find them. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your pods and watch us on YouTube, The Promise and the Man United Podcast. Like the video, subscribe, leave a comment and hit the notification bell as well so you never miss a show. And follow us on social media at double underscore Scott Saunders on X, IG, TikTok, at underscore Rob underscore B on X and YouTube. And that TPLMUFC on X as well. Now, before we go back into the meat of the show, two more comments. Uh, Ken Bry says, "Would you, Ken Bry, would you rather have Chelsea players in the United manager going forward from today, or the opposite?" I'll stick. <laughs> I think I, I don't want the pressure that comes with spending a billion quid in eight, in eighteen months. What about you, Rob? I, th- I think it's like everything's relative, isn't it? It's like we talk about this all the time about what you have to buy, how much it costs. You know, one of the things I didn't want to tweet out yesterday, Scott, before the game, I sent it to you was, oh, it costs two hundred and twenty-two million to put together I Chelsea's after the game. to put Chelsea's double <laughs> pivot, and I didn't want to put that out before because I thought if they had an extraordinary game, what would we talk about today? And that is that you have to go and spend money to go and buy good number sixes. Um, I think what you saw with Chelsea is that there are teams still very much in transition about what they're trying to do. So what would I like one or the other? I'd like some of Chelsea's players maybe, but I'll probably stick with Eric Ten Hag as things stand. Yes, indeed. You saw two managers, Scott. Pochettino is trying to play a style of football with Chelsea and it isn't working. And with Eric Ten Hag, he's trying to play a style of football. And before yesterday... It hasn't really been working. So it's a kind of similar thing. They're both kind of butting heads, aren't they, against this brick wall? Uh, she says, uh, listening at the office, hope I don't get in trouble. Uh, question, guys. If offers came in from McTominay and Harry Maguire in January, do do you take them? Not in January. In the summer, I think it's a different conversation. I think you've yeah. got this season. I think you get rid of the, some of the players that are on the fringes, maybe earning a lot of money. I think Maguire's in there pretty much as... He's going to be first-choice centre-back, really, alongside Martinez, unless they sign a centre-back in January. But I think you need Maguire in the camp anyway, regardless for the rest of the season. And I do agree that even though these Harry Maguire is Premier League player of the month, Scott McTominay scoring a lot of goals. But at some point, if you want to play in the way that the manager wants, if they, if they have to be sold, they have to be sold. And I think that's something that you have to oversee and do it right. And uh, Gary says, did Anthony finally show a glimpse of what we bought him for last night? I think so, personally. I don't know whether you want to touch on that later in the show, Rob. Maybe we will do that. But let's uh, let's let's talk about let's let's talk about the night on the whole to start with, because obviously he made I think it was four changes, one it, but I think the notable one was Marcus Rashford dropping out. He came on as a substitute towards the end for Hoyland. But the way that the front three played, and maybe we'll do the Anthony part in this section, the way that the front three played to start with, I think was effective in terms of pressing off the ball and on it as well. Absolutely. You know, that's kind of what you needed, not just in this game, Scott, but in multiple games over the season. You've needed a front three that do the work, first of all, and then you create the opportunities. So, like, you know, we've talked a lot, and so United fans in general, about United's lack of goals this season. But it comes from a method. You have to start off by doing the work to get the opportunities to get in the final third. So I even think you saw yesterday, Scott, United were not perfect in their forward work. But what did they do? What did they do kind of perfectly? And that was they worked hard. They stuck together and they pressed. 
And you saw with Chelsea, Chelsea wanted to play out from the back. Eric Ten Hag said before the game, this was his kind of takeaway quote, was Chelsea don't like defending. That's all he said. Chelsea don't like defending. And I've told my team that. And that's what he told them. And that was how the game played out. Chelsea wanted to play out from the back. They didn't have a clue. Sanchez is kind of going wild left and right. They're, they're not, they don't want to play it long. They're trying to play it to feet into midfield because they've got this very expensive double pivot there, 222 million, as we highlighted. It didn't work and United were allowed to press. And I think that, that created hunger for United, Scott. I think that actually made them think we can carry on doing this. You know, like, let's keep pressing because it's giving us joy. Other games where you get played through, then they suddenly collapse. So, no, good tactics from Eric Ten Hag. I think it worked perfectly against this Chelsea team. But you can see that, Chelsea are in flux and that did have a, a kind of a major impact on how the game played out. Yeah, I think if United give up the ch- the type of chances that they gave up against, let's say, Liverpool at Anfield in a, in a week or two, they lose that game pretty exactly. heavily. You know, so I think it's... But at least there's some relatively encouraging signs that you have seen now twice in the last week, I'm including the Galatasaray game in this, some kind of attacking thrust from yeah. United. You know, I think... I know that these aren't the best teams in the world, but they're, they're teams with decent players in them. And one of the biggest criticisms has been Eric Ten Hag not having a style, really. Hmm. And for me, I mean, he, the way he spoke about that performance in the aftermath was he was kind of drawing along the lines of that is the type of, that, that's the style of play I want to see from the team. Yes. There's a lot, of, a lot of holes in it. I think Chelsea got through the middle far too easily at times. Yeah. Uh, it, just one pass through can kill the entire team. And that's what happened for the goal. It was two vertical passes, found its way to Cole Palmer, some soft defending on the edge of the box. And then he mm. just, he finds the corner. Um, but in an attack, attacking sense, at least, if you see that that's the blueprint, you can then potentially fix the rest of it, you know, it, with the right signings or with the right tweaks and this kind of thing. So I, I don't know. It's um, And this is why I'm very... The manager needs time for me. He, need, he needs mm. he needs to overhaul this team, and I don't see the point starting again. Maybe we will at some point. I'm I'm not sure, but like this has definitely relieved the pressure on him at least, Rob, hasn't it? Completely. And you know what? There is a method to the madness. The problem is Scott is that when it fails or it doesn't work, it looks awful. So this is it. So last night you win that game two one. If Bruno gets his penalty and scores it, you win it 3-1. And if United take one or two extra opportunities, you might win this 5-1. But like you highlighted there, you know, we're going to go to Liverpool very soon. Liverpool, completely different beast, a different way of playing football compared to what Chelsea are trying to do. Everyone wants to play out from the back, Scott. But ultimately, it's about kind of what you can do with your own faculties, isn't it? And United yesterday took that game on and were motivated, obviously, off the back of Newcastle. You could see that. But I think the selection was what got you there. And this is about player profiling. So we'll talk a little bit more like about individuals today. And obviously, like Anthony on the right, you see the balance that a player like Anthony gives you there that, say, a player like Rashford doesn't. And this is what I think Eric Ten Hag is building towards over the long term, that he's trying to find a team that works and then find individual profile players to come into his squad that will help boost that. And that's why you have to have patience, is that risk and reward is great when it works. And when it doesn't work, it sucks. It's horrible to watch. And I think United need that balance. At the end of the game, Scott, jumping forward, for the last 10 minutes, 
Man United couldn't put their foot on the ball. And that was what kind of worried me. I was watching it. I'm just like, put your foot on the ball. It's 85 minutes. What are you doing? And they're just like, no, we're still playing 4-1-4-1. We're still, we're still counter-pressing. It's like, you don't need to. You've won the they, game. They got counted on from a corn, from one of their own corners. After In like 30 seconds. Minutes. It and kind of like... went from boom, boom, boom. And they were out. And I was like, oh, no. Like, this is... You know, I was so happy to see Lindelof pulled at half time because I could see Raheem Sterling starting to cook. Sterling was like, I've got all this space. This is mad. I'm going to run at them. And obviously he nearly got that penalty where he cheated and dived. It was a dive, but he was starting to cook. And I think as soon as you change that and Luke Shaw went in there, that changed. Luke Shaw went, lock that down. That's not happening under my watch. And you saw the centre-backs look more comfortable, I think, in the second half. So, yeah, this is the progression of this team is that I don't think Eric Ten Hag feels he can lock games down with 10 minutes to go because he's told them one tactic and that's all they can do is like run around, run around, run around. And, you know, they got the job done in the end. But ideally, Scott, going forward, you need to be able to slow games down in the moment when you're winning them. That's what we've seen in the Champions League, isn't it? You've been winning Champions League games. And you've not been able to slow it down and you've been hurt because of that. And I was worried just so with Chelsea. I think if Chelsea had some more bite in their attack, uh, could have been dodgy. Chris Spreezy says, greetings from Melbourne, Australia. And then he says, uh, Scott, have you turned into an Arsenal supporter now? Ha ha ha. He's referring to, if you listen to this on an audio platform, uh, there is, uh, that's the wrong one. I'm pointing the wrong direction. Uh, That is there. That is a picture of Declan Rice in an Arsenal shirt. But just for those of you that are listening, well, and for those of you who are watching currently, I'm, I'm at the 90 Min studio where we don't talk only about Man United. We talk mm. about Arsenal and all, of, mainly all of the big six. So that, that's the reason why. And Declan Rice is one of, the, one of the players that frequently comes up in conversation. Uh, we've got some more comments. Earl are saying, it's well and good turning up against Chelsea. Can we do it at an informed Bournemouth? I think it's at Old Trafford, isn't it? It's um, is, I'll be there. It's, it's at Old Trafford. So, yeah. you know, I think Bournemouth are decent, but I think United should. It, it's funny, Rob, how it can all turn around. United are three points off Man City now. Uh, you have that game at the weekend. You have Tottenham versus Newcastle. You have uh, Arsenal, Aston Villa, this kind of thing. And, like, the, the picture can change. So United are still, through all the crises they have, are still in touch. <laughs> And it's pretty mad. It's pretty mad. But they just need, they really need to sort out. They need to sort out the level of performance. <laughs> they need to make last night's performance a little bit more consistent and tighten it up a bit for me. Yeah. Uh, Niall says, "Do you lads think McTominay is better used up front rather than midfield? He only made two passes in the game. It's, it's just a risk you have to you have to take. I, I don't think you you accommodate him by playing him up front or anything like that. But this no. is just something you have to do for now until you get him. Unfortunately, get him out of the club because." The, the way you got to do it is show Scott McTominay's best and sell him at a peak for, yeah. for me. And it's, I don't, I don't like saying that because I, I, he's an honest guy and this kind of thing. But if you're aspiring to win titles, you know, you are creating a market for him. This is, this, this yeah. is part of it is that Scott McTominay is good at one or two things and bad at 10 things. So you have to create a market for him. So him being in the team is fine. It will get you though, Scott. And it has got us. Like, I think this is the whole thing about the midfield is that even though Scott, he scored those two goals yesterday, there wasn't a lot of social chat off him about it because you, you you know he can do that. The issue was still in midfield where you were getting ripped to shred through the gates. So so this is the issue again. It's the balance of the midfield and about what you do with that. Scott McTominay obviously has Eric Ten Hag's favour as it stands. But do I want to build around that? Not at all. I, I think he could be a kind of second striker 
you know, with or even as your number nine in that system, if you're playing that four one four one, I think McTominay's got striker sensibilities. He's a big lad. He can run. He's strong. He can finish, can't he? So, you know, maybe he is used in that capacity. Used as an eight, Scott. I just nah. I watch it. I've seen it too often. Doesn't really work for me, like on the deck. But yeah, he gets in the box. He scores goals. It's a, it's a difficult conversation to you see a, a player that's their top scorer from midfield now, but at the end of the day, Ten Hag has to work with what he's got at the moment. I think Scott yeah. McTominay provides something in midfield that maybe a lot of other players don't in terms of a goal threat, but you lose a lot of things. You Really, you need somebody who can do both. And that means you either find it from within or you dip into the market and make the right signing. But a lot of it, United have been so bad at selling players over the last few years. Now you've got Harry Maguire, who's, as I said, player of the month, and Scott McTominay, who's scoring a lot of goals. Mm. You think, hey, show, show their best and create a market for them if you want, because this rebuild needs to happen. It, it does yeah. need to happen. I don't think anybody is going to get away from that. We've seen already from the fact that both players were up for sale in the summer that you, Tenag, we know what Tenag wants to do, don't we? That's the big takeaway, Scott, is that like you're three points behind Manchester City, which again, I think I said before, is perverse. Like it's crazy that you are three points behind the best team in the known universe or whatever you want to call Man City. But you look at it and and United have hung on, like they've hung on on the league to be at least in the right position. Like would we think, Scott, with the way teams are playing anyway, if United are playing at their very, very best, you might be quite close to Arsenal. Like if you'd won two or three extra games... We'd be talking about the squad in a completely different tone, wouldn't we? But I think we have to have a reality check. And that is that if you go into your season with Scott McTominay as your top scorer, then something isn't quite right. You need to find better ways of scoring goals. If Bruno is still having to play the eight every week and not play as a 10, then something isn't quite right. You know, Marcus Rashford, you're still relying on Rashford in a squad capacity to give you goals and assists and whatnot you're in trouble because Rashford's out of form. So, like, this is the balancing act for Eric Ten Hag getting through this season, is that he's got to get top four somehow or the other. That's what he'll be judged on. But you need to stay in touch, don't you? Because it's very easy to lose two, three, four games and suddenly you're well out of the top four. I have no idea, Scott, how United are three points behind Man City after the way this season's panned out. They're not drawing any games, Rob. They're actually winning winning and losing. They're winning and losing. So yeah. I think you obviously get three points for a win. So you're not you're not picking up ones along the way. It'd be Risk nice if you could turn some of those. It'd be nice if you could turn some of those losses into draws. But most of their defeats have been bad bad ones, you know. Yeah. But the, the important thing is for me is just to stay in touch, right? Stay in touch if you can uh, by winning matches, and if along the way you can build a level of performance and a, and get an identity that's slowly being integrated and coming in, you can add to that in January. You can maybe get some of the the characters out that need, need to leave the club and you can maybe just build ahead of steam, stay in touch with it. And then maybe by the end of the season, you're in a good place to actually compete when everybody else is with, with thinner squads are knackered, really. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a difficult one, but we all know that United aren't playing as playing some of the worst football in the league <laughs> a lot of the time. I think I'll take a lot more of that last night in terms of what we saw in terms of an entertainment factor, this kind of thing. But there's, there's things that Tenog needs to tweak in there. But at least now you, you're seeing at times that some of the players are now starting to pick up like, this is what we need to do in this situation. This is what we need to do in this situation. We're creating lots and lots of chances. And they've, I think Arsenal's, Arsenal and Liverpool have the best defence in the league mm. with 14. United have conceded 18. It's not, not a mile away. The difference is in the goals scored column, 
it's like 18 versus 34, 33. Mm. So that, that's the thing that needs to be fixed up for me. Um, but yeah, like Rob, there's, uh, there's so many things to take away. Where'd you want, where'd you want to go with it? Save big on your Memorial day barbecue all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for one twenty nine each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I think it's we, we need to kind of start at the beginning of the game, don't we, in many ways, with the selection and go through there and about why things worked yesterday. Because... I think the whole thing is I did a piece just before, obviously I put it out on Twitter as well about Marcus Rashford and said, you have to rock Rashford. That's where you are now. It's not about whether you like Rashford or dislike Rashford or anything like that. It's technical. That's all it is. Rashford isn't doing your work. So go put him on the bench, pat him on the back. You don't need to leave him out and put him in the stands and make embarrass him or any of that stuff. You just need to say to him, you sit there and you wait and you come on with 10 minutes to go because that's what you've earned. That's where you are. So that was the narrative to start off with, off, wasn't it? Is that Martial's gone and sat on the bench. You put Rashford on the bench and you're giving other players a chance. It's obviously going to be Anthony. He cost you a ton of money. He's fit. You're going to play him on that right-hand side. The choice then, Scott, was about, you know, what do you do on the other side and through the middle? Hoyland back in, Garnacho keeping his place. I think bringing Amrabat in and playing the role that he did and still playing the same system that we've seen fail over the last several weeks, but do okay at times, but Newcastle was a complete mess, is that if you bought this guy Amrabat, you have to find a way to use him. So I think he played quite well as the six. I don't think you won because of Amrabat, but I think Amrabat helped plug up those gaps where people were running through you. We still saw it where Chelsea were moving through Bruno and through McTominay as the eights, but at least there was an Amrabat there to kind of meet them head on. And then when he got the ball, Scott, he distributes quickly and effectively. Last year and the years before, it's an inferior league, of course, but his league numbers tell you that he's one of the best ball progressors in Europe. So use that, break the play up and then get the ball wide to a guy in actual, or get the ball wide to an Anthony and play progressive football. So I think, Scott, that's kind of where we start because that was what worked yesterday and hasn't worked in other weeks. But I think for me, like you can talk about tactics and that kind of thing. There has to be a willingness on the part of the players to actually put it together and actually show the yeah. show the effort levels. And I think the effort levels were, un, you know, no comparison to Saturday. Mm. Absolutely no comparison. It was it was night and day in terms of what United were putting into this. And I think as much as you could talk about Rashford getting dropped out for you know poor form, this kind of thing. Obviously, there's been some a flurry of uh, speculation over the last few days with un, un, unhappiness and this kind of thing. I mean, you just need to you need to send messages. If you're not on form, if you're not doing what I want you to do, I'm going to put players in that should be in there and deserve to be in there. I think you look at Garnacho at the minute, that position is his for me. Yeah. And you give it to him and you don't take it off him unless either Rashford shows that he can take it off him or unless Garnacho's level of performance drops. So I think he is, if there's a certainty in the team at the minute, I think it's, you can look at Maguire probably, you can look at a few other players like Bruno Fernandes. I think he's got that locked down for me and it's been a, he deserves it. I, I'm totally with you, Scott, and I think that's how it should be. I'm going to put my neck on a block now and make a little bit of a Nostradamus prediction. I think Marcus Rashford will start against Bournemouth. 
because I think this is what this manager does. He rotates. He doesn't stick with those things. I think Manu will come back in. I think this is how he does it. He he likes to kind of have a structure. He says, this is the system. We work with it. And then he gives players opportunities to either kind of fail or succeed, doesn't he? That's how he does it. I will not be surprised to see Amrabat drop out and everyone goes to Old Trafford on, uh, on uh, Saturday and goes, what's this? Like, he's just dropped two or three of these players who are our best players. I would not be surprised. He will say in his presser or he will say before the game, oh, Garnacho needs a little bit of a rest. He's 18. So I'm he putting him on the bench. Does. He probably does. But in my it's general probably... point is, like, Garnacho's in the starts against Bayern and Liverpool, probably. I'm with you and I would start them all. I wouldn't change it. I'd go, that works, stick with it. (laughs) That's how I would do it. So I think the thing people were saying to me yesterday, they were going, oh, you must be upset that Manu's not in the team. I'm like, no, I want it to work and we bring Manu in and out as we need him. And I feel that Manu's probably our best player in those roles. I'd probably play Manu as an eight, uh, Scott. Like that's how Mm -hmm. I would look at it. You know, I like Manu in the eight. So I think when you look at the balance of the team, Anthony came back in and I think he deserves his dues because... What he showed yesterday, Scott, was what he did last year. Is that when he, even though he wasn't getting goals, wasn't getting assists, and wasn't really helping that part of the, the attack or the function, is that he gives you the press there, he sets the trap. And that was a big difference yesterday. Is that as soon as Chelsea played one pass out from the back, United were closed on them like that. Trapped down, you can't make it through the next line of play. That came from Anthony, it came from Garnacho, came slightly from Hoyland doing the work as well at the very, very top. Uh, and I actually think you saw when Marcus came on for the last 10 minutes, that started to fail a little bit because Marcus was, do mm-hmm. I go left? Do I go right? Do I, uh, am I going through the centre? Who am I supposed to close down? And it got a bit messy, didn't it? But you survived. Um, but that was the tactic yesterday. And that will be the tactic in the weeks ahead. And I do think this manager, being who he is and a conservative like he is, he will carry on rotating. And he will tell us, it's because players need rest. I need to keep them fresh. I've got Champions League games or might not be very soon but I've got lots of matches and I have to find a way to keep my players fresh. And he's talked about that a lot, hasn't he? Yesterday, he talked about getting home at three o'clock in the morning and having to kind of travel around the world and having to do this and having to do that. And he was really putting it out there that his players are feeling it and he's feeling it. So he has to find ways. I am. I think Bournemouth is a dangerous game, Scott, to be honest. Like, I know we're not talking about it now. I've watched Bournemouth really carefully. They are hot. They look really good. They're playing through the middle so well and they will counter-press United a lot more successfully than Chelsea did. Michael Hill says, why would he bring Rashford back in after that? His pressing is abysmal and he isn't even scoring or assisting to make up for it. I I mean, yeah, Rob, I do agree with you in the sense that he might might bring him back in. But in terms of the right message, when Rashford came on last night, he was smiling, all all this kind of thing. I'm like, get your head down, man. Get your head down and try and work hard and put the put the work in, even if you're not getting all of the goals and the assists and this kind of thing. Yeah, you just show the right attitude. And I don't think, for me, what I saw out of him last night was was enough for him no. to in that place back. I'm not saying that he won't get it back, but just just the way I look at it. See, I don't want to see him smiling. Right when I saw him before the game in in the warm up with the reserves, laughing and joking and smiling, I didn't like that because. You're on the highest paid wage at the club. You should feel embarrassed you're on the bench. You deserve to be on the bench. And I would put him on the bench for Bournemouth. Without a doubt, I would bench him and carry on benching him. Because if something works for the team, it doesn't matter about individuals. And I'm with you on that. And obviously with with a lot of people here in our comments saying the same thing. 
But this manager won't do that. The manager will rotate and he'll give Rashford a chance to come back in and do what he does. We'll not even be surprised to see Rashford play as another nine, maybe. And maybe Hoyland drops out and comes on after 60 minutes and he plays that kind of bit of rotation. But I don't want to see Rashford smiling before the game. When he came on, Scott, again, he was a little bit too relaxed for me. I want to see him come on and go in 10 minutes. I'm going to prove who I am. I'm Marcus Rashford. I'm here. You know, I earn this. And he came on. And he looked a bit loose to me. He was a bit like, do I press? Do I not? So whatever's going on with Marcus, I'm not really interested. I just want a performance out of him. So I wouldn't start him. I think this manager will probably start him. That's the pattern we've seen from Ten Hag over 18 months, that he'll bring players back in. Hacker. Hey, mate. Uh, see you everywhere. Uh, Rashford says, uh, Rashford says, Rashford seems like he's downing tools. And Dave Parry then asks, I know form is temporary, but would you let Rashford go? I mean, I... I we're not at that point yet for me, not but quite I mean, yet. <laughs> he needs to obviously just signed a new deal. You're going to find any way that you've given him another massive contract. So which kind of club takes him, but you've got to send a message to him for me. Like, and he's not the only one that this, this is, uh, this is uh, relevant for, but you can't just, for me, he doesn't walk straight back in because there's a player in his position who's playing better than him. And that is something that should be upheld. I understand rotation, this kind of thing, and but that's not that's not what I'm kind of getting at here. I'm, I'm talking the, the big games, the big moments. The players that should be playing in those matches are either the ones that can hurt them best or the ones that are playing the best. And I think I look at Garnacho, I look at Anthony's performance in, in Turkey and last night against Chelsea, he's doing the fundamentals. He's yeah. still lacking in something like Just use your right foot, man. Um, you know, there's some moments where he just has to do that, but he, he isn't he isn't doing it. But he's got a lot of the uh, the he's got the attitude. You know, he's got the attitude that I think Tenag requires. Yeah, and and I think that's the whole thing about this is is attitude. Like I think sometimes we get hung up too much, Scott, on like do players care? I don't believe that players don't care. I don't believe that. You know, when, just in my own experiences of talking to players that may be having a bad time or whatever, I think sometimes it comes across badly. It doesn't look good. You know, like when someone's there, like I said, I don't want to see Marcus laughing in the warm up beforehand because you should feel embarrassed that you've been dropped. But overall. It's about function. It's like, can you get performance out of these lads? <coughs> Excuse me. I've just seen there in the comments there, people saying, one or two, they're saying about a poor English camp. I don't think it's got anything to do with, with nationality. I really don't. You know, our best two players at the moment for me are Harry Maguire and, and Luke Shaw. So, like, they're English. It's not about that. It's about how you apply yourself. And that's that's all it comes down to. Anthony, yesterday, applied himself, Scott, and showed what he can do. I think he also showed that he's still a little bit not quite there in the final third, still wants to come in there on that left foot, still wants to kind of do it. But he worked hard, didn't he? He showed he's got something in here. He's a ten hard guy. He's going to play for that manager. Did you see, Scott, as well, what Amrabat said after the game in his in his presser? Amrabat had a really good kind of intelligent presser afterwards and said... I didn't see it, actually. Yeah, he just said, he said, no one should doubt Eric Ten Hag. He was like, Eric Ten Hag gives us everything we need to be what we need, need to be. He was like, I've... He talked about himself here. He was like, my performance has not been good. He said, because I didn't have a pre-season and I've not really found my feet here yet. He said, but I'm getting there. He said, and the manager will trust me when I am when I can be trusted. You know, when he feels I am. He said, and it's fair. Scott McTominay said exactly the same thing afterwards. Scott, he was like, we know the work. He was like, we have to do this every week. We know it's us that's not working. It's not the manager's tactics. 
So I like that because that's what I want from the players, not what Marcus was doing. I want to see the players going, we understand and we, we know what we have to do. Amrabat, again, is a ten hard guy like Anthony. So he's got those allies in the squad, I think, that will preach his sermon to the rest of them. And on a night like that against Chelsea, against the, you know, Chelsea are a good team, but fundamentally flawed at the moment, you, you see that they're trying to do something, that there is a style, there is a function, and that they can do it when they're together. And I thought that was the big difference yesterday, we're together. That's why I wouldn't play Rashford. But I don't think he's together with anyone at the moment. I think he doesn't, I don't think he's together with himself. Up here, there's mm-hmm. something not right and you can see it. So it's cool. Put him on the bench, bring him on 10, 15 minutes. You earn 350 grand for 10 minutes work. Not bad, mate, this week. But I'm okay with that because it's more about winning games. That's all I care about. Yeah, and it should be, I, I say this quite frequently, it should be a meritocracy. I think the, the, the players that, and if anything, United haven't had that for a long time. You know, that they've had yeah. players there with who cost lots of money, who are on big money, who are just there, some commercially motivated signings over the past few years that ha- kind of have to play. Well, that's yeah. how it seems at least. And then what kind of thing, what kind of uh, atmosphere within within the doors of the dressing room? How, what, how does that foster? And we, we talk yeah. about Nemanja Matic's uh, recent comments about lateness and this kind of thing, mm. and like we haven't, I don't think we spoke Rob since that. Those those have done a, a flown around, but it just yeah. does summarize like just the, the issues within that, within that dressing room. If you're not turning up for work on time, if your attitude isn't right, if you're not there and you're willing to put in the work for the manager who's there, everything's gonna it's gonna fail, you know. Yeah, I, I think sometimes we play too much into the soap opera of football behind the scenes and we, we talk about what players really care about. Yeah, if someone's turning up late, that's not a good look, is it? But that, again, is up to the administration to sort out. So if a player turns up late, yes. you, you course, know, you're the yeah. manager, deal with it. It's easy. Like, you deal with it. And it's, it's any workplace in the world, in an office, someone comes in late, you're the manager, you deal with it. It's just what it is, isn't it? And you make sure that there's a disciplinary process. And this is where Jaden Sancho now lives in the world of the disciplinary process at Manchester United. But I think any player, like, again, the dressing room, we always think of the dressing room as a sacred entity, a thing, you know, like where it goes. Quite often for some players, it's just where to get changed. You know, they go in, they're going to do a day's work, but you've got to do the work. Like, if you're not doing the work, that's the issue, isn't it? If you're not running, if you're not carrying out tactics, it doesn't really matter if the manager, like, you love the manager or the manager loves you. It's about doing your job, isn't it? So that's what I think the fundamentals are with Ten Hag. I think that's what he wants from his team, is that he doesn't want love. You know, he wants attitude. He wants that to work all the time. It's interesting, the Matic thing, saying that, because... It just gives you a kind of window into the soul of Manchester United during that period. I don't know if it's like that now, Scott. I don't know even with the existing players. I think Ten Hag has put the expectations out there to his team. They don't match it all the time. But then, yes, if Rashford doesn't match what you want from him, Scott, sell him. Fine, get to the end of the season. Bring players in that fit what you want to do. And that's got to be your mantra in every transfer window. Even if some of the um, some of the decisions are unpopular. I mean, you're not going to have... They've never done things that have been unpopular with the, they brought Ronaldo back, yeah. <laughs> you know, this kind of thing. Cause that was the popular thing to do at the time. And it probably threw Ollie's, uh, what Ollie was doing off piste. Uh, yeah. But hackers back again, what a uh, question, what's United's budget this January and what are you getting? We should get um, Jim Ratcliffe Monday, maybe Monday, Tuesday, mm-hmm. potentially next week at some point, we should get some kind of announcement. It does seem like they can put stuff in place for January 
I don't know how much business they'll do in January. I don't know how smart it is to do business in January unless there's a good opportunity there. If you're asking me to pick positions, I would look at right right through the core of the team. I'd look at centre-back, right centre-back, really. Uh, I would look at midfield. Maybe. We, we talked about Casemiro a lot, Rob. Mm. I think there's a... I don't know if he will go in January, but you should really yeah. be looking to... Oh, let's got a bad back. Like yesterday, Rafa, Rafa Varane, bad back again. I, I've said it time and time again. Oh, he'll, he can he can play two games and then he'll be injured. So you'd have to start again. You have to yeah. change your defense up again. He hasn't got a bad back, Scott. <laughs> you know this kind of thing. That I think that is offloading players is as as important as bringing players in. I think you need yeah. to look at a mobile right centre back for me, and you probably need two of them. Not in January. I think you get one in January if you can, and one in the summer. Yeah. You look at a mobile defensive midfielder, potentially, who's a good age, 22, 23, who can come in and slot in pretty much straight away. And mm-hmm. Hyland needs a bit of support because I think the way that Martial looked, looked the other night, I think United could do with some backing. I even go into the length of cancelling contracts for me. I don't, I don't think they'll, they will do that, but I think that is something that if you want to, I think the culture, sorting out the culture and do go in as close as you can to correcting it completely. If you can sort that out in January, it might help Ten Hag like prod on and move forward with what he's trying to do. Completely. And I actually think the way the season's panned out in terms of some of the failures and some of the, the ructions behind the scenes actually puts Eric Ten Hag in a position of power going into January. Because I think I think the first thing that the Ineos will do when they come to Man United, and I've, I, we know they've kind of already done it, but obviously it's not, not a lot being announced, is that they will say, Casemiro costs this much money in terms of your wage bill every week, the bottom line. Varane costs this, that's around £600,000 a week. So, you know, manager... You got six hundred grand there with those two players. We'll get rid of them. Yeah, you don't have to think about that. You go to bed at night and wake up and be a coach, do the coaching. But in the meantime, we go to uh, our recruitment list. Obviously, there's a big recruitment scene They're already at Manchester United. Let's look at what we can get for that price. And we're not going to spend six hundred grand on two players, but we might spend three hundred grand on two players. You'll get two really good players, Scott, for that money. You'll go find them. The difference is, is that. May not have leaned on the loan market too much in previous years. And there's no doubt buying outright in January is difficult, but it's not impossible. I go back many, many, many moons ago when Sir Alex Ferguson bought Louis Saha in January. And he brought him in January for the exact reason what we're talking about. He was like, I need someone that scores goals. I just need it. So, you know, Saha's not everyone's flavour of the month, but he came to Man United, did really well. It was a good different differential for you. That's what you need now, isn't it? Is that if if you look at Casemiro as a six, if you look at uh, Varane as a centre-back, imagine if you got two players in those positions, Scott, that were good, like a a really good number six and a really good centre-back. It solves a lot of problems suddenly, doesn't it? Luke Shaw then suddenly plays up the pitch as a left-back. Suddenly, Manu may be released as a number eight and you get him going forward a little bit more. Amrabat might get more minutes. So... It's about balance, isn't it? And I think that we'll see that Ineos will be keen to show that they're doing that work behind the scenes in the earliest weeks of, the, of that transfer window. Because they want to show they can do different, can't they? They don't want to be like the Glazers of the last few years. They want to show that they're different to the current administration and it will be a different, a brand new dawn under Sir Jim Radcliffe. We will wrap it soon enough, Rob. Uh, any final points you want to uh, touch on today, given... Things feel a little bit, a little bit better, but they need to double down on it now. We need to see the same level of performance 
regardless yeah. if they stay in the Champions League or not, as long as they put in a performance which I think people can be happy with and you can stand by and be satisfied with, I'm fine yeah. with it. And, yeah, and look, Liverpool as well. Don't get back. Don't get smashed at Liverpool. By yeah, please don't get smashed. Making at the same mistakes again. You know, some light relief. Obviously, winning a game of football because we were all worried before the Chelsea game. Weren't we? When you come out of it, it's nice to wake up the following day without having to think about defeat or sit on a camera and talk about a defeat. Bournemouth is a difficult game. Yeah, I don't think you can underestimate Bournemouth. And I think the next two or three games now, a day, Scott, will be about the manager looking at these things and trying to make sure they do the same things as Bournemouth. Because I think it will be a much tougher game through the midfield. I really, really do. And that means that if you do start with, say, Scotty and you start with Bruno in that midfield, they've got to be as good as they were at times against Chelsea, but also not make some of the mistakes they made against Chelsea because they were present still. They are still there. I do think he'll rotate. I think we'll see Rashford back in. I think we'll see Manu back in. And then we've got to kind of make sure that the performance is at the, at the required standard. Otherwise, we'll be panicking again at Old Trafford. We will indeed. We'll, we'll be back after the Bournemouth game. We haven't really looked ahead to it too much, uh, given in the midweek game and this kind of thing. We're take, taking you uh, through this show on a Thursday as well, uh, given just some circumstances have changed with me this week. But also we did see United play on a Wednesday and uh, give it a little bit more time to breathe. Mm. And hopefully United can start to put in similar levels of uh, performance to what we saw last night and just uh, paper over some of the, cover over some of the cracks, you know. I'm going to end it on this, Scott, right? I said uh, at the start of the season, wouldn't it be funny? And it wasn't supposed to be funny. I said, if Harry Maguire comes back into your team, he's got injuries and he's your best player. I said that at the start of the season, didn't I? And here we are. And it's weird how, how things manifest sometimes. I'm going to say another one now, right? Man United are three points behind Manchester City. Wouldn't it be funny? If on Christmas Day, Manchester United were above Man City in the league. Could happen. Funnier things have happened. Harry Maguire, player of the month, Scott, for the Premier League. Well done, Harry. You know, you deserve that. Uh, yeah, think... we should, we should like, that is really, that really armband. The that armband might is... not be there, but it, it, it's on there. And he's playing. The way like... that he has reacted uh, to losing his place in the team and... You know his level of performance. I know he's not, he's not perfect. I don't think anybody will say that he's perfect. But what he has shown, the attitude, the application, the determination, the confidence for him to go and say, "No, nah, I'm staying, and I'm going to prove you wrong." He, we don't know how far Martinez is, has. do we? What what what, what we think about Martinez? Started January, I think. So January, New Year. You might go into the new year with. Martin is coming back at left centre-back and you might find a really informed Maguire at right centre-back. You might get to the end of the season, Scott, and be a lot happier with that. I don't know. Like, it's not what we thought at the start of the season, of course, but funny things do happen in football. And I think at least Harry Maguire is creating a market for himself in the summer, but it's also good to see him play like this because I think it's not about whether he cares or not. Like People like Harry Maguire doesn't care. That's what they told me in the summer. Of course, Harry Maguire cares. He's showing it, isn't it? And you've just got to get performances, and we're seeing that now. Player of the month is is phenomenal for a centre back. When you think about how bad Man United have been at times, but he totally deserves it, and he's got all all of my uh, respect really for his performances in the last few weeks. That is it from us today. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and watch us on YouTube, The Promise and the Man United Podcast. Like the video, subscribe, and leave a comment as well. Hit the notification bell so you never miss a show. Thank you so much to those of you who have been getting involved in the comments today. We'll, do, we'll look to do more live shows in the future as well, I'm sure, hopefully in relation, more immediate reaction potentially to some of the matches that United are playing in. 
Uh, follow us on social media too, at double underscore Scott Saunders, at underscore Rob underscore B on X and YouTube, and at TPLMUFC on Twitter as well. Rob, uh, have a an enjoyable trip, hopefully, to Old Trafford for the, uh, for the Bournemouth game. I'll be going up to Old Trafford for the Bayern game. Yeah. So uh, this is... Uh, got a couple of home games coming up, and then a big one next week at Liverpool as well. Yeah. Obviously, some massive, massive moments coming up. But if you I can put in the level of attitude, and I use that attitude as the big thing here, if, if they show that level of attitude in the upcoming matches and they don't win, you know, I think most fans can probably get behind that. But we'll see. United still need to pick up points, don't they? Definitely. One thing just to end on Liverpool, Liverpool are playing really, really good football, but their defence is not that good. So Man United, Man United have a good day at the office. Saying that publicly, Rob. By the way, what was that? Uh, people, people don't like me saying that, but I, I agree with you. But we can say whatever we want, Scott. That's the way I look yeah. at it. You know, we we try and tell the truth on these things, don't we? So it's like Liverpool. I, I think I've been impressed with what I've seen with them. I think they're title contenders. I think their midfield's really good. Their attack's always going to be good because they've got Salah. But at the back. No, and, and, and the, the metrics support that fully. Man United go and get an XG of around two or three at Anfield, Scott, on the day, they can win the game. So I think that's how they'll feel. They'll feel they'll be able to kind of outfire Liverpool as long as you win that midfield battle. And of course, that's difficult. Right, that's it from us. We'll look ahead to those games next week. We'll be back early next week to reflect on the Bournemouth game. See you soon, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Until next time, this has been The Promised Land. See you soon. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.